Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. When I clock out of the hospital at 6 p.m., I'm not done for the night. That's when Gamer Nurse 40 clocks in, and she's got orcs to slay. Sure, I'm playing a 13-year-old in Scranton, but he's a level 53 mage with a filthy mouth. So I need to stay on top of my game. What'd you call me? That's when I crack open a Heineken Zero Zero. Zero alcohol, but just as refreshing. So I can focus on stealing his gold before his mom tells him it's bedtime. Take that, kids. Heineken Zero Zero. 0.0% alcohol. Now you can. Must be 21 plus to purchase. Enjoy responsibly. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Does a robot know you like a neighbor? Insurance Corporation will fulfill requests to cover anyone, anything, Anytime, anywhere, with most standard algorithm, in the order it was received, please hold. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting the insurance coverage you need always starts with a conversation. Find a Farm Bureau agent at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more. And Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to Geico.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the fight in. It's the fight in. Clock. It's the fight in. It's the fight in. Clock. Come on, son! 
Hello, welcome to the Fighting Cop podcast. I guess this is the first podcast of the season in earnest. We have done some other podcasts during the summer, so go back and listen to them. A lot of them are evergreen. But uh, yeah, this is the first one of the season. So it's, I think it's episode seven, so it doesn't make any sense. But um, it's the pro- we're starting in earnest from this point forward, joined by John and Felonius Phil. How are you doing, boys? Good, good, good. What do you make of the... Uh, actually, how, how have you been through the summer? Have you had any, you had some, any adventures, any, anything exciting happen to you? Um, um, nothing particularly exciting. Um, yeah, the Euros that was that was good fun until the end. Yeah, the Olympics time difference made it a lot less fun. How was um, it dealing with Bardi after um, they beat us in the final? Well, they've had um, a couple of Olympic gold medalists, so it's not stopped, is it? Yeah, but I don't, I'd noticed that. Like Bardi going banging on, oh, what what a summer, what a summer. Like we got loads more than them. We smashed them to bits, didn't we? Like just because they're shit, usually doesn't mean you can then lord it around like because you won a few gold medals. All right, the hundred meters is the, the the one, isn't it? But that, uh, that is the one, yeah. And 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 the four bar ones they won as well in the men's. Yeah, but so. how about this? How about this? I don't recognise that as the one. I reckon <laughs> I recognise dressage as the one. So I go. We are the boys. I'll take that. I'll take that. Yeah, that's uh, not quite. John, um, anything embarrassing happens to you over the um. Over the summer, how's, uh, how's the sex life? So t- so T gets Olympic glory and the Euros, and I get <laughs> anything embarrassing, how's the sex life? Good. Uh, sex life's all right, actually, mate. Yeah, pretty yeah. good. Uh, yeah, having a, actually having a great time. I think maybe we've um, we've learned to come closer during lockdown, if anything. <laughs> Always sex, sex rate's gone up probably because through boredom, right? If, if she's having sex with me, she doesn't have to talk to me. So uh, maybe she's gone for that, down that route. <laughs> <laughs> Keeps your mouth shut. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we had we had a, a, a good sort of pre-season, so it's been it's been like a nicely tidily ticking over, and I think that might be the metronomic start to what could be a pretty good season. And I say that because we're under the radar; no one's expecting anything. I'm getting messages from mates of mine who don't support Tottenham saying, "I got a Brentford mate saying, well, it looks like we're in a re- relegation dogfight together, mate.' Firstly, not your mate." You support Brentford, you're the enemy. And I think that we are... I don't think we're going to surprise anyone in that Tottenham Hotspur should always be there and around the Champions League places. But I think from a Spurs fan's perspective, that this season might be better than people are anticipating. T, what do you think? I feel the same way. Um, a lot of people are writing us off. I don't know. I can't remember the last time I've been on the fighting cock, but I saw a Wolves fan do a top 10. And we were below Wolves, Arsenal and West Ham. And Everton. I'm they, like, what the fuck? What the fuck is that about? Where where does this come from, do you reckon? Uh, I don't know. I just think last season was just so bad. They probably thought that we've arguably downgraded in the eyes of the public in terms of manager. Our best player wants to leave, but there's still a very talented squad there. I mean, there's. there's I mean, we're not going to get rid of everyone in one window, but the signs are good in terms of um, getting new players and moving players on, and. I think it's probably good to be under the radar for a change. Yeah, it feels like like I was talking to Spooky for his Patreon pod um, earlier today, and um, it's just under it, it. It feels a little bit like when Sherwood left, and we've elevated as a football club between the, those the, the, between that time and now. But when Sherwood left, there was a level, there was no expectation. Like we, no, no one really knew what Pochettino was about. He'd done well at Southampton, but you know it wasn't 
you know, they weren't pulling up trees. They were just a different breed of, of football club than they were before he took over. And he'd done all right at Espanyol as well and then got relegated, but, you know, because all these players were sold underneath him. But what he did do is elevate the the value of the players they had at Southampton. So you could see good things could come from Pochettino. But as a Spurs fan, we didn't really expect much. And the first season didn't deliver a great deal. I think we finished, I can't remember where we finished, but it wasn't a seismic shift in points amassed under Sherwood. But uh, what he did do was bring young players through and give us a new sort of type of uh, of team to support. And we all fell in love with that. And it kind of feels like, um, again, I'm just uh, to caveat what I'm saying, I'm not saying that Nuno Espirito Santos is is Pochettino or will achieve anywhere near of what, what Pochettino did. But it feels like that we're resetting. We've reset after this Jose Mourinho period. And Santo, given the way he's behaved and the just the respect which and the way he speaks and it just feels like oh, we've got a manager that we can all get on board with now I don't know what, what do you make of that John? I think that's exactly it right I think it's his um, his attitude and his demeanour and him as a person which hopefully set, settles a few people in terms of he's not a divisive character like you never hear anyone talk about him overly glowing or overly like frustrated or negatively about him which is i think what we need now is some stability with with someone who can take us forward and also i think that if you look at his track record okay he's never completely like ripped up trees i i fully appreciate that but i also think that this is the first time and again depending on whether or not we we keep kane he has got a really talented squad there and the reason that I feel quite confident about that is like most people would agree that that team underachieved, which is why Mourinho ended up getting sacked and fans were frustrated. 100%. So so if you think that team's underachieving, then there's obviously by implication that they should be doing better and therefore they are some good players in that squad. And actually, if you look at, you know, if you do look at the players, and I know we've got weaknesses in the squad, but there are some really talented players there. And he's got an opportunity now with a team that has got the capability to, to finish in the top four, which I think most of those players have done previously then that should be the aim. And I think the reason that a lot of fans are kind of, I guess, underestimating us or prepared to put us lower down the league, that actually suits us fine. Like I don't Mm. think we need the pressure of, oh, Spurs should be finishing top four. I actually think we are outsiders for that. And that's, that's fine because I'm quite happy to be under the radar and actually just slowly build on some good momentum in pre-season and and see how it goes. Where should we finish this season? Just on that. Um, I think if we finish in... It's a good season, I suppose. A good a good season. I mean, I think where we are, if you if you can't you can't just look at it based on the previous season. You've got to look at it like where the club should be. A good season is for us to finish like back in the top four, right? Fourth, I think that yeah. would be a really a good a season, right? But realistically, I think if we just finish higher and can do, and as always, try and win a trophy, that's a that's an amazing feat for us. So realistically, like top six, and yeah. if we can if we can win either the league cup or the FA Cup, I think that's a, that's a really good season. It's not just. I mean, forget the cups. We're not going to win anything. We never will, right? So, <laughs> so don't worry about that. But the um, we don't do that here. No, we, yeah. we don't do that shit, man. Everybody's trying to do that. We don't. If you don't try, you're not a part of the crowd. Um, I think. Uh, uh, I, I think that finishing fourth is an excellent season. Mm-hmm. But if we do finish fifth or sixth, as long as it's more enjoyable than finishing seventh under Jose Mourinho, even if we finish seventh again, and I know this isn't very ambitious. And I know there will be people listening to this going, what the fuck are you talking about? We've got to finish above. We've got to do better. We have to win trophies. And obviously, I want all of that stuff. I want it all. But if I'm not going to get it, which I'm probably not, 
then I want to at least enjoy the journey more so than I did under Jose Mourinho. And if it means finishing seventh or sixth, but the football's more exciting and it feels like something is building, then that would probably be enough for me this season. Like a bit, you know, taking a step back and being philosophical. But I think we can do much more than that. I think we can finish fourth. And if you do look at our squad, it is really good. There are weaknesses, as you said, John, but, the, you know, we can we can plug those holes. It looks like we, we are trying to be active in the transfer market. Uh, T, where, where do you think we, fin- we finish this year? I think fifth. I believe we are. I think we'll finish. Would you be happy with uh, that? Can, I'd, I'd be happy with that. I think we could finish anywhere from second to eighth in the table. We can... There's so much, you know, potential for for this side, you know, if we avoid injuries and um, if Romero, I think Romero is the most important piece of it all. If he hits the ground running, then I think we can really, really do bits. Um, before Diaz showed up, um, Laporte, Laporte was all right for Man City. As soon as he arrived, even John Stone just improved as a player. And I think the feeling around Romero is that he can be that transformative player. He can make Eric Dahl look like, you know, a decent defender. Um, and resigned to the fact that that, Dyer was not going to leave, so who knows? <laughs> well, he, maybe he didn't, he, when when did he sign a new contract? It was in under Mourinho, wasn't it? I, b- I believe so. I believe yeah. so. And um, so he's probably Dyer is, he's, he's proper fully coys, isn't he? I mean, he did that um, Instagram story about Kobe Bryant being more of a great player than LeBron James because he never left the LA Lakers. He stuck with it, so it's a bit of a jab at, at Kane there. And do you think? The, so what? Do you think that he was jabbing at Kane? Definitely. Wait, this podcast would be 100% less interesting if he's not taking a jab at Kane. Let's just go with it. Let's, let's just go with the jab at Kane, right? Very sorry, correct. So, it's a jab at Kane. And, you know, he put the finger to his lips against Arsenal in that derby over there. We lost the game. And he just seems to get it, you know, about being a Spurs player. And hopefully, as I said, if Romero hits the ground running and improves the centre-backs around him, then we can do bits this season, 100%. And he hates our, our own fans as much as Spurs fans hate their own fans as well. Isn't it? He's, he's like fighting in the stands and whatnot. So, yeah, I get what you're saying. Passion. I, uh, passion, isn't it? Um, what I saw, let's talk a bit about the Arsenal game before we go on to you know continue to talk about the season ahead and what we can achieve and what, what, you know, what, what we might go on to do. Um, Dyer and Sanchez had a really good game and I put this down to one thing that popped into my head and I don't class myself as a tactician. I don't, for obvious reasons. But when we were without the ball, we were playing very narrow and giving them as much space, in that first half especially, giving them as much space as they really needed or wanted um, in the wide areas, right? Not quite, not, not, not to the touchline, but just in, in the possession-based areas in, in, their, in their midfield. And they were resorted to crossing the ball in. Now, if Dyer's good at one thing, it's getting his nut on the ball. And it's basically reducing defenders to what what's, what's intrinsic to their, their being as a footballer, which is clearances, blocks, and positioning. And Sanchez, and I always hate Sanchez. I don't hate him, that's too much. That's too, I don't hate him. I never want to see him again, but I don't hate him, right? But the... Um, he he had a, he had a, a relatively decent game apart from one moment where he lost the ball. But other than that, he was very comfortable in that role that was being asked of him. And maybe, you know, do you remember like um, Leicester? They made Wes Morgan look like an absolute unit because the system suited him. They protected him. They knew that he was vulnerable in certain areas. They're not going to find a better player. He's the club captain in that instant, and they they got the very best out of him by by having a system that suited them when they didn't have the ball. And and we had a question, I couldn't find it, I was scrolling then, but 
We had a question from someone who said, who will partner Romero in defence? And maybe it won't be anybody new, and maybe it'll be one of those two in Sanchez and Dyer. And, you know, we rely on that. And it, on paper, I don't like, I hate it. I hate the idea of us not buying another centre-back. But if the system suits it and you can protect the vulnerabilities of these defenders that we already have, then maybe we don't need one. I don't know. I mean, I prefer to have one, but I don't know what you made of um, of their, their, their performances, their centre-back partnership during the game, T. Um, I mean, I think the world of Roden and I think Romero and Roden as a partnership would do bits. We've mm. not seen much of Roden in the pre-season, so I don't know if it... Um, Spirito Santos is not impressed with him or if he's just not maybe 100% fit, but I think Romero and Rodon is, would be the future for, for Spurs and that would be the partnership that I'd prefer. But I think that with, with Dyer and Santos, it's all about coaching and systems for them. And you, you alluded to Spirito Santos playing, playing to their strengths and I think that's important for a lot of people in this squad because there's no... I mean, there's players who I'm not fond of but I don't generally believe that there's any 100% shitty players in that squad. There are players there who, you know, under the right circumstances, can do a job for us. And, you know, I'm not, as I said, I'm not fond of Da. I'm not, Sanchez, I've kind of got off that train now. But Do you hate, do you hate any of them? When, you know what, right? When, when Tom Carroll was in the starting lineup, I got angry. And um, Eric Dyer is that guy. And Harry Winks is that guy, and Sissoko more lately. And I see him in the starting line, but I think, what the fuck are you doing? So those are the, probably the three main ones who, where I would like to go. But I think in the case of the defenders, I think that under the right system and the right circumstances, they can actually be, um, be a benefit to Spurs. Uh, about you, John? So I think it's an interesting one about the, like, Romero could could elevate the the back four and elevate the team in general because let, let's just go with it right let's assume that he can do that I think there is like a president for that because if you look at um, Van Dijk for Liverpool right they had really bad problems at centre half and they didn't bring in two new centre backs he just kind of partnered either Gomez or Matip or Lovren I think in the first season but it just it did it did make them all better yeah so like again I think Van Dijk was a bit more proven in the Premier League because he performed well for Southampton so, but let's assume that Romero is like that I think there is a case to say if you bring in another centre-back that's two new players trying to find their way around a new club yeah. and a new league right whereas okay granted like individually Eric Dyer, we know is like his faults and his problems and the same with Sanchez but they are experienced in this league and they know the club and so for, for Romero, maybe you also get the best out of him, even though the sort of individual talents aren't necessarily as at his standards. But the combination of like someone who just knows the club, which is, to be honest, why I think Dyer will probably start. Because I think he he is probably the guy who's like a good leader in the sense of uh, around the, the club, around the dressing room. He's fully coised for all the reasons we, we spoke about earlier and he gets it. He is a lump and like can win headers and can do like physical bits. And I think that maybe there's an argument to say like that's the combination that he'll probably start with. But I, I agree with T. I'd really, I really feel like what I saw from Roden at the Euros for Wales, like that combination of again, I didn't really see much of Romero. I didn't really know much about him before. I've seen stuff now since we've signed him. Where like the aggressiveness of them on being defensive, defending on the front foot and like nipping in and taking the ball off people is quite exciting and can get you out the pitch quite quickly. Mm. So yeah, I, I think there's like reasons to be excited by the combination rather than just like, oh, we're getting two new centre-backs. Like, Romero could elevate people and it could actually be quite quite fun to watch. 
Um, what, 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 what's your takeaway from the Arsenal game, T? Because I haven't talked to you about it really. What, like, was you know, what did did you give a shit? Was, should should the Arsenal game even have happened? And like me, I didn't like that it was happening. I appreciate it was for a good charity. I don't think you could have you should have such a significant tie as a preseason friendly. But as soon as you won, I was like, wicked. I love that. I mean, I'm over the moon that we won. Um, and that's probably all that matters. That's, that's a problem with having derby games pre-seasons that all we care about is winning when all we really want to see is a system and does it work? Do the players have a synergy with each other? But instead, it became about beating Arsenal. So, I mean, you, I think you mentioned on the five statements about how keen Delhi was. You know, Delhi doesn't care that, you know, that's a friendly. He's never a friendly with Arsenal. So, so, so that was good to see. Um I didn't watch the game, admittedly. I, I kind of boycotted the preseason because I thought, I'm not, I don't watch us play these cunts in a friendly. You like, them. fuck mental health. Yeah, fuck that <laughs> shit, man. Fuck that. But I was going to say something awful, but I've, I've had enough of people <laughs> bleating on about their fucking mental health. Not I can just go, out, go outside. Yeah, <laughs> go for a walk. <laughs> Cheer up, for fuck's sake. Just get happy. Yeah. Fucking Stop hell. being so bloody miserable. Um, <laughs> I actually paid. I paid for it, but yeah, yeah. I, only after the stream I had didn't fucking. Anyway, it's a goon stream you had, wasn't it? Yeah, we talked about it on oh. five statements, but yeah, I, I didn't realise that uh, the stream was from. Basically, I intended to buy. I just want to make this clear. I intended to buy it because mine charity, the great charity, does amazing work, and some of the money was going to foundations for the local community and all that. All good stuff, right? So don't mind paying for that. If I was just paying Spurs, I probably w- definitely wouldn't have done it and just gone for a stream because eight pound for a preseason friendly. On a, on a game that's created by the tension between the fans, which just left a sour taste. Anyway, it's for charity, but I didn't you? I think you two sent a link, or someone sent a link, and um, to be to be clear though, I looked for about four or five other links, and they were all the same um, Arsenal Arsenal TV. So yeah, I was watching the game, and I was like, "Why is this?" Because I hadn't realised it was an Arsenal link. And I was like, Why is this this commentator like being so like? Bias towards Arsenal. This is weird. They were, he kept going, oh, oh, Arsenal were just slicing through Tottenham like butter, getting in behind them at will. And there was one specific thing. I said this on the Five Statements podcast. Join our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash the fighting cock. And there's loads of good Tottenham content coming out now every week, about three or four podcasts. Anyway, um, and they kept talking about um, this, the guy, Ben White, like he was. Prime Beresi. Ben Hur. <laughs> ben Hur. <laughs> I think Ben Hur was a. Who is he? He's some sort of gladiator or some shit, wasn't it? Is that right? I can't remember. I know it's a I, film of Charlton Heston. It's a film. I don't know what it is, and that might might not have made any sense. But anyway, look, Ben White, like he was, he was like Maldini or Costa Carter or Beresi, right? And he, I think the the line that came out of who I think now is either David Hilly or Ian Hillier's mouth would have been. Some players, some defenders, they just have that aura about them where you're running at the ball and you're running at them and you're thinking, I ain't going to get past him. I'm going to turn back and pass my turn to my teammate. Ben White is that guy. It was like that. And I was like, what? That's so weird. Why, why is this guy talking about Ben White like that? Um, and then obviously I realised it was the Arsenal stream and it all made sense. Uh, so I just paid for the Spurs one and got that. Um yeah, good to beat them though. Uh, great, great preseason, well set up. And as much as you hate to, you know, have played Chelsea and Arsenal in a preseason, that's good quality opponents. And we didn't lose to Chelsea at Stamford Bridge, and we beat Arsenal. And Arsenal lost both their games. 
So, um, yeah, it's not, you know, as it turned out, it, it worked in our favour somewhat. Um, Tanganga's performance at right back has come under a lot of, uh, was cut, it's been given a lot of plaudits, hasn't he? he? He played really well. He was he was quick and played a massive role in the goal. Because we haven't signed a right back. It doesn't look like we are going to. I don't know if we've been linked to any. I haven't seen any stories. It's nothing concrete anyway. Could Tanganga be the one to to carry us through this season, John? Uh, I think given the options, I mean, I think Aurier, they're just trying to find another club for him. So he's like all but out the door. And Doherty, I don't think we'll be able to shift him. So I feel like every time he's played there, that I've seen, that he's played pretty well there, given that I think his preferred position is centre-back. He's always done really well. He's actually always surprises me as well. I, I kind of think of him as being a bit cumbersome and slow, but he's actually like quite quick and he's good going forward and he's he's steady. So I kind of think... Let's just give him a go. Like, let's give him a run because the alternatives, I mean, especially with, in Doherty's case, like he has never really performed consistently for us. Played well under with, with Santo, though, didn't he? It did. That was three, though. three at the back. Three at the back three years ago. Like, I'm, I'm just, I mean, I'm just not sold on Doherty at all. If I'm being honest, like, I, no, I, I no would one love is. to get rid. Of, yeah, I'd love no to get rid is. of him, but I don't think we're going to. So. Look, I think there's we, we could do a lot worse, basically, than having a very defensively sound right-back. Because on the other side, um, God love him, Reggie loves going forward and is not the best defensively. So maybe from a balance point of view, it's not the worst thing in the world to have a more defensive-minded right-back. And actually, the right-backs we've been linked with, again, from my limited knowledge of who we're after, is Tommy Yasu, is more of a centre-back, right-backy type anyway, similar to what Tanganga is. So maybe that's the thinking anyway. So yeah, I'd, I'd, to be honest... He can't do much worse. So I'd, I'd give him a go and see how he gets on first for like four or five games in that position. Just let's just see. Let's give him a chance. John, your mum's not good defensively. No, she's not because she's so soapy. Um, so you know, defenders are slipping off her big old tits. <laughs> you can't man mark her because you know you just slip off. Right. So um, that's, that's part of the problem. <laughs> uh, Deli Ali, uh, you mentioned him, T, uh, and and you know the fact that he was well up for this game. He finds himself in a weird situation, doesn't he? Because under Jose Mourinho, he was he was he was dealt a rough hand, right? It didn't matter what you know, whatever it might have been, that he's the treatment of him didn't it wasn't warranted. It was too much from Jose Mourinho, and I'm sure he was trying to use some sort of mind games to get the best out of him, but it didn't work. He's played pretty much every minute of um, pre-season. Can 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 you find? Can you see a future where he has a really significant impact to he you know to Tottenham and can he reinstate himself in the in the England squad? And again, as someone who's like I've also written him off, I just feel more positive about him now than I ever have done for some reason. I think he has no chance of playing for England because um, he's such a niche player. I mean, who does he replace? He's not going to replace um, Sterling or Kane. Obviously, he's not going to. And he can't play much deeper. So I think it's because of his position where I'll struggle to play for England again. But for Spurs, I think his versatility might help him out a bit. I mean, um, should Kane go or not play and we don't have a striker, Kelly might be, the, might be the main guy at number nine. He might be behind Son. So his versatility might help him for Spurs. I think he can have a massive, massive season because um, he, he can't be lacking in motivation now. Everything is there for him. I mean, with Kane... If Kane leaves as well, that gives him bigger shoes to fill from that point of view. So I think Delhi will, will have a big season. And if he doesn't, there's not much, he, he can't have any excuses. You can only blame himself if he doesn't have a good season now because yeah. 
the deck the deck is stacked for him. He'll end up at, if he doesn't have a good season this season, he'll end up at Watford, and no one wants that for him. <laughs> yeah, um, this, this this definitely feels like make or break, and I feel like we've been saying that for the last like couple of windows. But I think that there have been mitigating circumstances like Jose and all this shit. I feel like now he's had a good preseason. He's fit. He's got a manager who's who's obviously giving him a chance. So like he ha- he has to deliver in some way, shape, or form. And that might not necessarily be in the Delhi we saw that scored like twenty goals a season. Maybe he's more creative and chips in with a few. But he has to up his performance levels because we haven't really seen him like consistently perform. And w- that's what we will want to see from him. Otherwise, you're right. He'll he'll end up getting bombed and ended up at Watford. Let's talk about Harry Kane. He's been. Uh, it's been a week since news broke that he just didn't turn up for training has since become apparent if you believe his statement and believe Tottenham and other people around the football club that he had there was a, a plan for him to return at a certain date and it all got blown out out of um uh out of proportion yeah proportion so he um you know he he's he's in this situation now where he didn't respond quickly enough it did he, his statement which we talked about on the last podcast didn't um Actually, no, he didn't. Actually, it was after, but it it, it didn't really allay any fears. Oh. It didn't. None of it was. It was talking about how much he wants to belong to Tottenham, and you know there is no issue here. And you know it. It felt like there was. There's still something going on, and a lot of people weren't impressed. Today, there are rumours now, not just from Paul Miller, um, but from um, people like Alistair Gold who have said that there are rumours that there is a new contract in the offing for, for Harry Kane and he could sign it. What? Where are you at now at this moment, T, with Harry Kane's situation? It's very weird because I've tried to be very, very ambivalent and not care about the whole thing. Like, if he stays, great. The best player we've produced for our academy stays with us. If he goes, then he's where he wants to be and we move on without him. Mm. But if he signs a new contract, I think, that, I think that'd be great. Um what does it mean, though? Like, if he signs a new contract, what do you think that means? Well, we've got him for at least another year, I'd say. Yep. Um, stave, stave that off. But I think City have put him in a very bad position because um, I think Kane, Charlie Kane must have told City, you know what, 100 million will get your men. But then Grealish goes for 100 million. Lukaku goes for 100 million. So, as uh, my man in the wire said, Marlon Stanfield said, the price of the book has gone up. Yeah. The price of the brick has gone up because the price of the brick has if, gone up. You know, if if he if they're worth hundred, Charlie worth... Cocaine, <laughs> exactly. Harry Cocaine, so um, so yeah, so Kane's got to be about one hundred and fifty. They're talking about adding adding players in there, but I think this is a situation that I would rather get resolved sooner rather than later. But my gut feeling is that it lasts until August thirty first, and he goes at the very last minute of the window. Um, I don't. I don't necessarily hate him because Spurs have been a shambles since 2019 and he has stuck with us. But this is the first real um, bit of adversity he's faced as a Spurs player in terms of um, Spurs being on the downswing. And Sonny signs a new contract and he fucks off. That's that's the, that's what it looks like from the outside. So it's it's it, it's it, the thing is is the reaction isn't unjust. Often, you know, football fans are really emotional about their football club and the idea of a talisman leaving the the club, someone, not just a talisman, more than that. Like, he was one of us. He's one of our own. That's what we used to sing, what we hopefully will sing. Um, you know, all the stuff. He's been with the club 20 years, 21 years, whatever it is. Um, and for him to 
for, 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 for within a day or two, the, the, whatever decisions were made or lack of communication that came out from the Kane camp is really, really damaged what that relationship really quickly. And the, and Spurs fans, you know, we're, we're product of our formative years or environment. And we've been stung before. And I'm not, again, on record, not calling Harry Kane Sol Campbell at all. There's nothing, there's no comparison. But we've been stung like this before where we don't know what's happening. We've been told one thing where the actual motives of the camp around the player are something else. And if it is true, and I feel like it is true that Harry Kane wants to join Man City, then it's going to be a really bitter pill to swallow unless they pay his market value, which is what Tottenham need to be compensated for. You know, 150, 160 million, maybe more. So Man City have to do that. And the worrying thing is is that Man... Oh, not worrying, it's just frustrating. The Man City have, you know, they've coerced him or coerced Charlie Kane to... Um, try and manoeuvre or engineer or, or manoeuvre yourself so that it doesn't cost you as much to get out of the football club which is well, never going to happen just, just, just quickly you did a quote tweet to the BBC saying over to you Tottenham could you explain a bit more about that remember oh, the tweet by the way yeah so this was um, sorry let me, just, let me bring this up because I can't remember exactly what I said basically so, BBC said over to you Tottenham as if, as if the ball is in our court when it's not this is this is on the back of um uh, Marine uh, Pep Guardiola saying that um, you know he it's it, Pep Guardiola basically said that you know we're interested but it's up to Spurs if they don't want to sell the player then um, there's nothing we can do which just saying that is incorrect it's not the right way to conduct yourself but he's the Manchester City manager and he should do what's best for his football club and you know fuck ultimately fuck what's right and and do what you got to do to get the players you want. Um, yeah, but so so it's a, a the quote was he's an extraordinary striker. But if Tottenham don't want to negotiate, that's it. If they want to, we will try. Over to you, Spurs. That's what BBC Sports said. What does it? What does that mean? Over to you, Spurs. Like, why do we have to engage with this? Why is the ball now in our court? Because Pep Guardiola has said that the ball isn't in our court. The ball's in their court. If they want to pay what he's worth, then. There won't be a Spurs fan out there that... I know we'll be frustrated with wanting him to leave, but if he wants to go, at the very least, that'll just have... You know, to, to, to maintain the self-respect, you get what his value is. Um, So th- there is no there is no over to you, Spurs, until Manchester City put in a bid that's significant enough for us to even entertain. And if they want Harry Kane for 100 million, that is a slap in the face when they've just paid 100 million for Jack Grealish. They're not on the same level. They're not. not. Lukaku isn't on Tottenham's level. I'm sorry, uh, on, on Harry Kane's level. And he's going for 97. So if he's worth 97, if Jack Grealish is worth 100, and if Ben fucking White is worth 50, that he, Harry Kane is nowhere near the 100 million pound mark, especially with the length of contract. And you're dealing with Tottenham, not a normal football club, not a normal chairman. So you're looking at 150, 160 million. Man City, if you want him... Be respectful, put the bid in. Otherwise, just shut up and get on with your transfer window. All right, he, he he should have done, Pep Guardiola, he should have responded to that question in the same way as Nuno did when talking about Martinez. 
And he said, he's not a Tottenham player. I can't talk about him. I'll only talk about Tottenham players because he's a good bloke. He is a manager who conducts himself in the correct manner. Like, he could have created untold column inches about Martinez and Spurs connection. But yeah, we really want him. We really, really like the look of him. We'd love him to join Tottenham. Tottenham Hotspur are after Martinez. That would have, the internet would have gone fucking wild. We have had a bit, bit accepted. He decided to be, the, to, to conduct himself in the correct way. Pep Guardiola is not, like, he has a charm about him, but fundamentally he's a bit of a dick. Isn't he? He's he's a dickhead. Like, I remember him like talking about developing players at Barcelona. There's that quote, isn't there? And it's an actual quote. It isn't just someone making it up about him. Um, you know, teams buying their success, and and it's important to, to culture youth. He doesn't do he doesn't do that. The only reason Foden's in the team is because he's generational. He's a wanker. They're all wankers. <laughs> They're all wankers. Um, I've got to end that with a question. Have you got anything to say, boys? Um, yeah, I was going to say, I mean, with, with Pep, he, he gets like a, a pass for a lot of stuff because teams he's had have been successful. But again, like if you, you can, you can do this with, with a lot of successful players and managers. He's like, there's always other sides to the coin. In terms of like his youth players, like Busquets, he plucked him from Barcelona B. Aside from that, has he actually ever like really brought a youth player through that no one's heard of? Foden, the fucking entire world knows that he was going to be a great player. They won the under-19 World Cup and he was the fucking star man. It wasn't exactly like he plucked players from obscurity. So, so fuck his comments and, and like it pisses me off that now he's he's basically a uh, blood money club that can afford to spend the money and is basically like making out that we as a club who have organically grown our stature in the game have to somehow pay, have to basically give our best, well, arguably our best ever player away at a cut price. Yeah, in what fucking world would that madness. make sense to anyone? Why would it anyone just, do that? It just doesn't make sense. It's, it's like me and Ree going, oh, I don't really like this area anymore. I'd like to move house. I've seen this house for 1.5 million. I'd like you to sell it to me for 500 grand just because I want it. And they'll go, well, why would we do that? I just go, because I want to go. I don't really like it anymore. Mm. Like, in what world would that make sense outside of football? The most, the most fucking disgusting thing about this whole episode with Kane is, is the media's honestly absolute like desperation for Spurs to cave here and just give in. And every single player I've heard is like, oh yeah, you know, we've got to that point now where the player wants to go. I'm like, he's got three years on his contract. He's the best striker in the world. The best striker in the world. And he's in his prime. He's 28 or 29. He's in his prime. And you want Spurs to just go on a whim. Oh, he's decided he's not happy. And the the team with the biggest budget and have won won the league and are probably going to win everything for the next two or three years, who are, let's be honest, they're a direct competitor for any success that we want. We just have to cave because Kane's decided he's unhappy. And it's all through, oh, but think about what he's given to the club. That's his fucking job. That's his responsibility. You can't use that as a, oh, well, he's stuck with us for all this year. So what? He's been paid for that. That's his job. And it really, it's been really winding me up because I'm like, I don't mind that he wants to leave. I understand that. I understand that people want to get to a the highest level they can achieve, and currently, like, we're not matching his ambition. I understand he should be, he can be angry and frustrated about that. To not turn up for training, and to then issue what was frankly a fucking insulting to most people's intelligence statement five days after the fact, going, "Well, I was, no, I was never that. I was always supposed to turn up on this date. Fuck off! Like, don't, don't." drag the fans who have 
basically done all they can to support you blindly in a lot of cases make us look like mugs if you want to leave you've got to handle that much better and i think the way he's handled this whole situation has been has been disgraceful and i think the way that he's going to he's going to be seen now by spurs fans and by the wider football public who aren't biased to the point where they just want him to go to city will will view him in a very different light and i think it has taken the shine off his image um, and I do think that is one of the reasons why potentially City won't pay the money and he will sign a contract with us. And I know yeah. I was saying it jokingly the other day about my predictions that he won't go this summer and then he has a good season, but then City don't want to pay the money and he ends up staying for the rest of his career. That is actually probably his only route to salvage his reputation, which is like, I actually was putting pressure on the board to sign new players. Look, we have signed new players and I'm signing a new contract. I'm committed. I don't know what all this talk was about then everyone will forgive him, won't they? And he'll score 30 goals next season and no one will give a shit and we'll all forget about this ever happened. Well, so this I think, is his only route out, potentially. Well, I think if he scores a brace against City on Sunday, then we'll forgive him completely. <laughs> Probably, yeah. <laughs> well, it's a, it's a Gerard Chelsea situation all over again, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. Gerard looked like he was going and um, yep. I don't think the gangsters in Tottenham will want to really... I was going to say, no one threatened to blow up his house, though. No, because I think most of the gangsters in Tottenham support Arsenal, so that's that's the problem we have. But no, it'd be be like um, Gerard and Chelsea, whereby um, it looked like he was going to go because Chelsea had Mourinho, they brought all these players in. But, you know, maybe Kane realises that spending his career at Tottenham gives him a better legacy than winning a cheap trophy with with Man City because, um, you know, it's like, you know, as I said, died to the NBA comparison, and there's lots of players who left. A club they've loved, well, a franchise they loved all their life to join a winning franchise to win a title, but I don't think that title really makes a difference for them. It'd just be, it'd just be another title that City have won, but I don't think it elevates Kane above um, anyone if, if Kane wins the league of City next season. Yeah. Like, would you rather be a, a legend amongst people that love you or a footnote amongst people that don't? Because that... Well, the- it's funny you say that because I was having a conversation the other day and um, I believe, I strongly believe the future of football support will be people supporting players. There will be people who supported Barcelona all their short lives and they'll support PSG because Messi has gone there and I believe football will go that way. It's going to be people who support teams will be, you know, probably, I mean, they'll, they'll still be there but I feel that Someone like Kane sticking with a team for his whole career will encourage people to support Spurs. If he leaves Spurs, there'll be a few Kane stands out there who will follow him to City, but I just think that um, Kane to Man City is such a wet move. He is, not really, I mean, the world of football will laugh at Spurs because we've lost another one of our best players, but in their heart of hearts, they see Kane going to City and scoring 30 goals and winning in the league. I mean, it's not something that Kane can say, you know what, this is what I've built. You've joined a winning machine and, and won the league. Yeah. You know what? Do you know what? You know, it's like actions speak louder than words. And I was thinking about this earlier because um, I'm often really deep like that. But when uh, when Jack Grealish, um, we was talking about, and he was probably asked a question about Messi leaving Barcelona. He was going, yeah, I, I saw I saw Lionel Messi and he was in tears when he was so upset. And that's, that's what it was like for me, leaving Aston Villa to join Manchester City. Bullshit absolute fucking nonsense if it was like that for you you wouldn't leave you wouldn't have left Aston Villa Lionel Messi wasn't going to get paid he wasn't going to get paid a single bean they couldn't afford to keep him and he had to leave his football club and now he's joined he's you know he's joined a, an outfit that's about as bad as Manchester City well, don't come in here and just sorry what 
than, than the people who could afford them. But I get what you mean about Greenwich. Yeah, I mean, but he's got more enough money. He could play wherever he wanted. I mean, he didn't even have to get paid to play football. I'm not saying he should do it for free, but, you know, he can make whatever. This is, my point is about Jack Grealish. Is don't stop stop passing yourself off as like you've made a really difficult decision. You made the decision. Take the flak. Stop talking bullshit. Aston Villa fans do not respect you. Swin the lot don't respect you. Aston Villa, <laughs> Aston Villa fans, they don't... Any self-respecting um, Aston Villa fan sees Jack Grealish for exactly what he is, and that isn't a fan of Aston Villa. He's not. He doesn't give a shit about you, any of you. Slugs with no personality. Exactly. Yes. Slugs with no personality. So don't, like, let's, like, don't give him... If you give him the platform to say it, then it's on us as football fans to call him out on these bullshit just go over there get your 200 grand a week win all your trophies but there is zero credibility in what you're doing do not pass yourself off as the as the party that's injured here you're not you chose to leave you could have stayed with them you could have been a hero at villa forever you chose to leave and it's the same thing with harry kane if you choose to leave as much as we're grateful for all the goals you scored for us and all, all that sort of stuff but if you choose to leave then it's done like thanks for all the memories it's brilliant it was great seeing those goals I've, you know some of the, the things you've given me are um you know are up there of the one of the greatest moments in my entire life some of the goals you've scored but when you're gone if you choose to leave all that shit is done I won't look back and go, oh, do you remember when Harry, do you remember when that really fit bird used to let me have sex with her? Do you remember that? No, she left. She went. She married someone fitter with more money than me. But yeah, but at least she let me have a go on her before. Fuck that. That's a weak <laughs> cuckold mentality. <laughs> if he leaves, if he leaves, if he leaves, it's done. It's done. Like, like thanks for everything, but I'm not going to be a cuck for your legacy. Right, your you, you, your legacy now has to be <laughs> your legacy now has to be defined by everything you're going to do with Man City because all this shit before doesn't count for Spurs fans. It, it, or, or I'm not going to talk on behalf of Spurs fans. For me, as a Spurs fan, it doesn't count because you chose to leave, and I don't want to hear anything of it. I don't want to hear thanks for the memory. Fuck that. You've chosen yeah. to leave. You're putting a line under it. I respect oh. it. You want to go. But we're not. I'm not going to remember you in the way you want me to remember you. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm thinking about this all the time. About like, okay, what happens if he goes when he plays against us? Like, I'll fucking boo him because of the way he's left as well. <laughs> especially if, especially I'm, if I'm not we sure get I'm, cut. I'll fucking boo him, mate. Because I, because I'll tell you why. <laughs> if we don't get the full money we're due, that's down to him. No, you know, yeah, he, that's something else. That's something else. But if he right, so, but this is what I mean. Is like, okay, let's say we get. 180 million and he goes okay fine maybe I won't boo him in that scenario but if we have to just take 90 million on the last day of the transfer window I'm no. going to fucking boo him because yeah, that'll be down happen. to him that'll be down yeah, to I him yeah I get it if that, if that did happen and we he, he manoeuvred himself in a situation where he left for 90 million then you'd be like you fucked us here because we've lost 70 million you yeah know? I get that but that's the, re- that's, that's the reason why uh, that um Sol Campbell is is as hated for what he did as he is. Is not because necessarily he just left. It's because he basically could have gone to United for twenty five million the summer before, let his contract run down, saying he was going to sign a new contract, and then went on a free. If he'd have gone to the scum for thirty million, it would have been bad. But we'd have in time gone. 
Yeah, but well, we made us, some money. Given us the, got the, maximum. Yeah. the opportunity to, to spend to replace. If exactly. Just... So, so that that's why I think like if Kane like ends up basically forcing this move through and we have to accept a cut price because in for whatever weird reason in modern football, apparently you can't make players stick to a contract. If that happens, then yeah, I'll fucking boo him. Um, because that's that's on him, mate. And I think you're right. Like if you, as long as the player is with the club and they're committed to the club, then it's fine. As soon as they start going over and beyond, just going, I'd like to leave. If you get a good offer, can I? Can you take it? Well, as soon as you step over that line, you can get fucked. I wouldn't. I wouldn't boo him. But I, I, I get what you. I get what you're you, from. Would you? Um, do you remember in Ali G when the police go past and like under the window, he's just got his finger up, like just swearing at him so they can't see? Would you do that? Would you like? Just put your hand over your mouth and just be like, boo, boo, quietly. I don't know. Or like, call him a wanker in your pocket. I've, I mean, um, I've pretty much called him a wanker in the last 10 minutes. I, I, um, I just, I, no, it's not that. It's not me hating him, right? It's well, not that. It's just about the cuckold, damage. That's cuckold mentality. He's, no. he's basically <laughs> ramming up your missus and you're just going, oh, I wouldn't boo him. Well, I fucking would, mate. <laughs> no, fucking, no, 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 I, no, my point, my point was that, um, I mean, if he was ramming it up, you have that. To, I mean, something you have to. I mean, whenever you're going to experience that again in your life. Well, so you were saying, enjoy it. If anything, maybe yeah, cuckold mentality is the way forward. Maybe we're we're the mugs. Maybe they're but, the alphas. Yeah, everyone digs them out, but they're having a great time. Yeah. <laughs> maybe it's alpha to be prepared to see your missus get smashed, and maybe you're a coward if you're not prepared for that. You haven't got the men. You ain't got the mental you're constitution. Weak mentality, mate. Weak mentality. I'll try new things, man. Yeah, yeah. I've been narrow-minded. Think... Let this let this geezer come around and smash you to bits. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Yeah, I think you're right there. Um, okay, Harry just, Kane then fifty million done. Just one so, one more no one more thing about Harry Kane is that if he does sign this contract, what does it mean? Like, what what, what does it mean? Because I asked the question before, but we did, what I wanted to get to is it means a release clause, right? It doesn't mean that he's going to stay with Tottenham for the next four years if he signs a four year contract or two year extension, whatever it might be. It means that he gets that in writing. Forget the gentlemanly gentleman's agreement, which is fucking nonsense. But he gets it in writing that if someone bids a certain price, like Jack Grealish, hundred million pound, that he can leave. That's that's what it is, isn't it? So if he, if he stays for another season, which we you said, T, that next summer he can go for a fee that's agreed between Daniel Levy and Charlie Kane and Harry Kane. What yeah. do you think if if he signs this contract? What do you think that fee would be? I would See. want it to be about what we value, but what we value at now, which is at one fifty, one sixty million. Hmm. But the thing with um, Harry Kane and what I wanted to say earlier in the episode is that our love for footballers is purely transactional. So if Kane stays and he scores twenty five, thirty goals next season, we'll suck his dick again. 100%. And just to say, and it's the same with Hung Min Son. Hung Min Son is mentality. His, it's the new mentality. Yeah, but Hung Min Son has committed his career to to Spurs now, right? If he scores three goals a season until he retires, right, we're going to say, what the fuck did you do that for? Because it's all about our love for these players is as long as they deliver for us. That's all it is. People talk about loyalty for players to clubs. It works. It cuts both ways. And my loyalty to Kane is as long as he continues to perform for Tottenham. It's not about whether he loves the club or not. So, if Kane signs a new contract and he smashes it next season, then, then it's cool in the gang. True, yeah, that, that, so true about the lo- about it. the loyalty is only there as long as you're really good at football. <laughs> That's exactly it? it. Yeah, it's like 
it, look, if he if he signs and you know we get 150, 160 million, then goes on to join Manchester City, it's like being that cuck, right? But he's then having a go on your misses, but you're just then rubbing him on the back, going, "Go on, mate, go on." Just let that, let well, let I'm that. getting a wank out of it, so you am getting something out of it, aren't I? <laughs> we're we're yeah. benefiting. The, the wank is the 30 goals he's going to score next season. Yeah. The climax is what Man City are going to get <laughs> for the rest of his career. <laughs> uh, this is his eyes rolling. That's a City contract. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Watching you, yeah. And we're, uh, we're like unbridled the... ecstasy. <laughs> You're just sitting there with a sort of semi in your hand, your thumb in your finger up your ass. Yeah, and we as the fans are just the fluffers, just like keeping everyone hard, keeping everyone in the mix, paying our money. Yeah. There you go, enjoy, enjoy, enjoy. Yeah, we're just we're giving him like a like we're massaging his uh, his um, traps mm. <laughs> as he uh, yeah. destroys. I start visualizing Harry Kane making love to my missus if I can. Um, a couple more questions, and then and then we'll finish, boys. Uh, and that question will be uh, Nick Harrison. He says, "What uh, on a scale of one to ten, how much of a knobhead is Harry Kane, uh, Charlie Kane?" He's a bit, like it's the it's the it's the 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 office and he's that bike and the skids that made it look like it had skidded <laughs> into his into his office and the fact that he wears a suit to work when he's you know. You Not can do all that from your iPhone on in your pants. Like, do your entire job from there. That side of stuff is a little bit irritating. But generally, like, if your brother's Harry Kane, he's going to sort your life out forever. You know, Charlie Kane might fuck up Harry Kane's career a little bit, but Harry Kane's so good that you can't, literally can't fuck it up. So, um, you know, he's just taking advantage of him. I don't think he's a knobhead, really. I just think he's just out of his depth. If you look at... um. If you look at uh, Charlie Kane's performance through the lens of how it's benefited Spurs, he's done a fucking great job. Are you joking? Harry Kane's on a six-year deal. He's got three years left on his deal. Mm. Mm. So from our perspective, he's done a a brilliant job because whatever happens now, we're going to get big money for him. I mean, that advice of sign the six-year deal, have you managed to get a release clause in there? Ah, I've got a gentleman's agreement. That'll be fine. Like, he's (laughs) he's done a great job from our perspective. It wouldn't surprise me if, you know... Levy's got him on the payroll because that was a mental deal at the time. I didn't really realise how berserk that was. Well, um, when when you when 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 they sat down and, and Charlie Kane's sitting there and what well, Charlie Kane was if, if if Harry Kane's his older brother, he's like twenty four, like twenty five maybe, and he's sitting in front of Daniel Levy who runs a, a football club that conglomerate. Well, they bought Spurs. I th- if I can remember this rightly, I might be butchering this, but it was fifty two million something like that. I think that they it was around that figure that they bought him, and now it's worth. 1.5 billion okay Harry <laughs> Harry Kane's little brother is sitting in front of Daniel Levy and he's gone well Harry obviously he's been playing well this season and he's um, he deserves new contracts and uh, I think you know, I just don't think he's being paid what he's worth and Daniel Levy knows this is coming obviously he's not blind Charlie what do you think Harry Kane's worth like what what, what do you think he should be earning this week uh, a week and Charlie King, well, we want him to earn £200,000. And Daniel Levy, obviously, he's prepared for this. He understands the market value of Harry Kane. He understands how much he should be earning a week. And he goes, all right, okay, well, I can do two hundred grand. 
but I want you to sign an eight-year contract. And Charlie's like, oh, no, that's a bit long here, but eight, eight-year contract is a bit too much. How about a six-year contract? And Charlie says, well, 200 grand a week for six years. That's loads of fucking money, loads. And Daniel Levy was like, well, there you go, just sign the contract. Three years later, they are all over the place. Harry Kane is literally strapped around a barrel and at any time, Daniel Levy can enter him. And those, those, <laughs> that barrel, the ropes that tie him to that barrel only become more loose over time. And right now, you know, they're fucked because of Charlie Kane. But, but you know, if you believe any of it. And I think that's do, that'll do, boys. I think that'll do. Oh, cool. Uh, thank you very much, T. And John Bass will be back next week. And remember, if you want more Spurs stuff, we've got a Patreon, patreon.com forward slash the fighting cock. Uh, there's the preview podcast where we look forward to the the, the, the the coming games of the week. There's No Holds Barred, which is an interview podcast where I interview people that I find really interesting. Some great stuff on there, I think. And there's five statements, our initial reaction to any game that Spurs play, Premier League game. And uh, what else is there? There's the other podcast where we don't talk about football. We talk about being cucked and other stuff. Okay. Uh, yeah. So uh, do you know what? One one, one thing before we go. Um, I came up with a song, T, didn't I? You did, yes. So it got it got it got a bit savaged. Yeah, I absolutely ripped ripped. Do you, do you think it's unfair? Because I think the song's all right. But this is this is the song. Let me uh, let me uh, sing it to you guys. See see what you think. Whether or not this should uh, should this should take off. No, we've got an affinity with Barry Manilow, right? Can't smile about you. This is to Mandy. So, oh, no, no. Well, you came and you gave without taking. And you'll make us play. Oh, no, no. Well, we love you. You made us believe in the way you make us play. Oh, no, no. Savaged. Absolutely ripped a new one. That's fine. I mean, look, man. People don't like it. You put the song on the pod. Different audience. You never know. It might take off. I mean, one person who likes the song so much to sing it non-stop on Sunday till people start singing it with them. Yeah. If you're, the if only you're, problem with that, the, the success of the song is related to the success of Nuno. So mm-hmm. is that. Could you also... Shit, it's just a song to sing at football. It doesn't matter if it's right. You know, we sang about Pavlichenko once. Mm, it's true. Could you, could, can I make one edit? Like no, the first no. line, can it be, you came to the lane without taking. So it's a bit oh, more Spurs-centric. Fuck, that's good, John. I know, you mate. came to I'm the lane, lane without taking, and you'll make us play. Oh no, no! Well, yeah. we love you. We... Do you know what? You got to make it more spurt. You got to like get like players in or like yeah. stuff in to make it. I, I, mate, I was I was drunk on the sofa. That was the yeah. best I could do. But um, I think we should just keep keep releasing versions of it because you know, like sometimes, I mean, like the original tunes does all right, and then you know, like a bit like R. Kelly Ignition, the remix. Everyone knows Ignition, the remix. Right, oh, not now. Go. Obviously, no one's allowed to play R. Kelly, but we could just keep going with this until we get the right version, and then then it will it will go like fire, mate. Yeah. Uh, so if you're in you're in in the pubs in uh, at Tottenham, <laughs> and you need something to sing about Nuno Spirit Santa, feel free to sing that song. Um, if you need the words, they're on the Twitter. <laughs> I'd love it if this got kicked off. Bearing in mind, boys, once we had uh, do the Daily Alley. Do the daily alley. I don't you... remember. I must have blown up on my memory. I remember the Soldado <laughs> one. What was that one? Was it Bobby, Bobby, Soldado, Soldado? Yeah, oh, if you write cool. it down, it doesn't work. 
I reckon, like, just, you know, it's up to you. If you need something to sing in the pub on Sunday, feel free. That's all I say. There you go. There you go. Pe- there'll be some fucking few people fuming yeah, at me. Anyway, boys, uh, that, that, this has been the Fighting Cop Podcast. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you next week. John Boy and Flonius Phil. Legends. Yeah, mate. Peace. Peace. Network. Sports Social Podcast 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 Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's not easy being the one everyone counts on to keep the facility running no matter the weather or supply chain hiccup. But we get you, Raymond in Buffalo and Maria in Miami, Jules in Minneapolis and Stan in central Indiana, taking control of everything that's under your control. At Granger, we're here for you with experienced branch staff at over 250 locations so you get the product you're looking for. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Network.